Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Natalia, and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today, we have Dinah from Tacor Couture. How are you today? I am doing great. I woke up early this morning, got my day started. There you go. Uh, So, you know, I'm feeling good. Good. I'm glad. I'm so excited to have you on. So for everybody who, like, you know, is listening in, give us a little intro of yourself. Like, you know, who are you? What do you do? Yes. So, hey, y'all. My name is Dinah. I am the CEO of Tico Couture, a Black-owned luxury fashion brand specializing in crochet clothing and accessories. I am also a fourth year at the University of Chicago right now, majoring in sociology. So I have my business and I'm also a full-time student in nothing related to business or fashion. Um, (laughs) And so it, it's a lot to juggle for sure. Um, and a little bit more background info is I was actually born um, and raised in London, England for a bit before I moved to Chicago. Wow. So, similar story. You know what I'm saying? That is so cool. Wait, okay. I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit because okay. I did not know that. <laughs> Wait, so how old were you when you moved over here? So I was seven. I was was five mixed yeah I was gonna say you have like a bit of an accent but I couldn't Uh put a put like a pin on it but that makes a lot of sense that's so cool thank you so you grew up in Chicago then right Mm -hmm. yeah I grew up in the Chicago suburbs um and my mom is actually from Chicago so I have two sisters me and my sisters are the only ones that were actually born in England and Mm -hmm. so my mom never planned on living there permanently so she's like ah it's time to go back home that's so so funny I love (laughs) that oh my gosh you're also like the first Midwestern I've had on here I think I don't think I've interviewed anybody else in the Midwest there's not a lot of us out here so (laughs) yeah but okay so you have like a fun fashion business but that is not what you're studying so Mm -hmm. like how did that come about in like terms of like starting the business and like you know where do you like plan to kind of go with it or like you know what's up with that (laughs) yeah no that's a great question so I started crocheting like a while ago I've been crocheting since I was 12 and Mm -hmm. I was just like you know this fun thing I did I actually picked it up because my mom wanted to learn how to crochet she didn't know how to use YouTube like that. So she wanted me to learn and teach her. And so I taught myself through just watching a bunch of YouTube videos. And I had a very on off relationship, never took it seriously. I remember in high school, someone saying, hey, you're really good. Like you should start a crochet business. I was like, what you talking about? I want to be a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that's why I came to the University of Chicago because I was like, oh, everybody telling me to be a lawyer, you know, let me just be a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so came here realized I did not want to be a lawyer (laughs) Uh, and I found myself in a bit of a pickle and so it really wasn't until 2020 during like the pandemic and Mm -hmm. everything that was happening where I realized I had a lot more extra time in my hands and so I was like you know what let me get my sister uh 
I have a twin. My twin sister is an amazing artist. You mm-hmm. see these little pictures. <gasps> those in the are beautiful. Those. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, can you help me with my logo and everything? And so she drafted something up. I literally DM'd like everybody I knew on Instagram saying, hey, I started an Instagram page. Come follow, check me out. Um, and I just posting. And it was crazy because I didn't expect to grow because I just did it as something fun. I had a lot of extra time because of pandemic. Right. Um, and, you know, I just grew and I was like very happy about it. And I felt like the more I got into it, the more I kind of became passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And so right now I'm majoring in sociology and I have to write my thesis and I'm actually writing my thesis about fashion. Um, I love with, that. You know, a nice way to tie it in. And so for me, like I very much started this business not having ex- any expectations. Um, and I'm now to the point where I'm like, you know what? This is actually kind of fun. I get to mold my interests with sociology in terms of getting to understand people a lot more um, and combine that with my passion for fashion because, you know, I feel like fashion is so, it's so interesting it's, and it's so mm-hmm. special because it's like, giving to wear your identity and choose how you get to show up in the space and present yourself. Mm-hmm. I think this is so dope about that. And so I've kind of just intermingled those into, you know, those assets. Yeah. Um, and so ideally, you know, I would love to continue to grow it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, um, just trying to figure out ways of how on earth do I scale handmade business yes <laughs> that is a um, great question <laughs> I'm right there with you on that oh my gosh <laughs> yeah no I think that's really cool how you found a way to like merge the two because it I don't know I feel like people don't see fashion in that light a lot of times but fashion is like kind of everything and it can be kind of intertwined with everything mm-hmm. so I love that you've actually like found a way to merge the two that's so freaking cool so you started in 2020 then like pandemic times I feel like that's when a lot of us started our businesses we all had the time (laughs) how was that like growth journey for you like when did you did you ever like I don't know go like viral and like have a lot of quick growth or was it like a very slow and steady like what was that kind of process for you yeah so oh my goodness you're taking me back so (laughs) starting was again it was low pressure you know it was Mm -hmm. low stakes I wasn't expecting anything and so in the beginning it was a lot of just my friends that was like you know what yes girl I will follow I will support your page and so in the beginning it was a lot of that and so um I had a lot of friends sharing my work so their friends would see it and their friends would hop onto my page and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um and so it was, it started off with a community in which I knew. And then I began to attract like other crocheters um, because they'd look at my designs. It was like, oh, that's so cute. That's so inspiring. I want to try and make that too. And so um, in the beginning, it was a lot of like gradual, you know, slow mm-hmm. growth um, and me just trying to communicate as much as possible with whoever I could find on the platform. You know, I was at the stage where I, was commenting on other people's posts being like hey you know what I'm saying trying to be friendly right uh, trying to look at all of the different Instagram hacks to try and find a way um and then I did have a video I wouldn't say go viral but do semi-well mm-hmm. um around February of 2021 okay um, 
And that's what kind of helped propel my account a little bit more. But at that, by the end of February, 2021, all the way until one month, like November, 2021, no growth, no growth whatsoever. And at this point, the pressure was on. Mm -hmm. um, because fun fact, let me go back. I did skip okay. something. So starting in 2021, like I said, it was a fun thing. I actually used to call myself the hookup. And so at that point I was making things mostly for people I knew charging mm -hmm. rates, you know, that I really shouldn't have been charging. Like, Facts. And, I, and I was, um, and so, you know, but it was just a cute thing. And so that became a point where I was like, you know what, I'm gaining quite a bit more traction than I thought I was. People are telling me that I'm talented and that stuff gets you to your head. So I'm like, you know what? Yes. Yeah, I guess yep. <laughs> I'm a little talented, you know? Um, and so uh, today, actually, fun fact is uh, marks the year anniversary since I rebranded to T. Cole Couture. Well, happy yeah. anniversary. Thank you. Um, and the reason I decided to rebrand was one, I no longer wanted people to see my brand as, you know, something cutesy that you could get for like the minimal dollar. Mm. Um, and something more valuable and luxurious and handmade. And also too, I really wanted to put my name in my brand. Mm -hmm. um, so T. Cole is a, an abbreviation of my middle name. I actually don't even know what my full middle name is. Um, <laughs> so I guess, let me just call it my middle name. There you, know you go, close enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just thought it's so, it, it's so important to have I guess like ethnic names be reemerging yes. in the fashion industry. Yes. You know, like I see Chanel, you know, Louis Vuitton, all of these mm -hmm. big household names. And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. But you know what? Let's add a little bit of color up in add there. Add a little spice in there. Yes. My gosh. Yes. And so that's why I actually decided to rebrand. And at that moment when I rebranded was when I had that spike. Um, wow. And so that was really cool. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm on the right page. Um, but the moment where I kind of plateaued was the moment where I realized that it wasn't that fun thing that I was doing anymore. I realized that, you know, I was doing this to get this amount of likes or to get mm -hmm. this amount of views. And I'd also joined TikTok. And TikTok Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, I don't understand the app. I really don't. Um, and... I realized it was to the point where I, it wasn't fun anymore the way that it used to be. Um, and so I spent a lot of time being like, what, what went wrong? Like, where, where did that original goal go? Where did the fun go and the love for, you know, crochet go? Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like when I was in that plateau, I was just like, man, like, I really don't know what to do next. There were so many moments where I just wanted to quit. Like, what's the point? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but then I don't know, I don't know why, but I just kept going. I kept going. Um, I was just like, I don't want to quit. Like I've come too far and, you know, deep down, I started this for a reason. I know I, I've been crocheting since I was 12. Like it's been a minute. So yeah. obviously there's a reason I haven't given up yet. Um, and so I just figured like, what a different things that I can do more creatively. And so one thing that I really started doing was I started doing like collabs with just like different people, just randomly messaging them, mm -hmm. you know, that, that again was another reason why I wanted to reach out to you because I'm like, you know what? I yeah. Like I 
immerse myself more in a community, find ways to be inspired and make this more of a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. Adventures are a lot more fun when you can do them with others. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And so I feel like at that point, I really started to have a lot more fun. These collabs would be mutually beneficial growing both platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I started doing that and just realizing, started designing things for me, started designing things that I wanted versus things that I thought people would want and buy, mm-hmm. I, it became a lot more fun. It became a lot more fulfilling. Um, and right now I feel good because I'm at that fulfilling point mm-hmm. um, where I feel satisfied right now. Good. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like you brought up so many good points during that. And I had a lot of them in my head. So I'm hoping they don't leave me right now. <laughs> but <laughs> number one, I feel like this is like a kind of a recent one for me too, where you said that when you rebranded, it kind of like sparked everything back up. Um, and I feel like there's so much to say about like when you like believe in yourself and you when like when you take yourself seriously and like make it professional, like other people also see that. And I feel like everybody who starts handmade businesses, like we all start kind of like undercharging and it's like this cute little handmade thing. But at some point, like handmade stuff is a luxury. Like we put our freaking everything into that and it should be, you know, paid correctly and it should be taken seriously. And I feel like that's something that I'm like really focusing on this year is like taking myself seriously. So other people also take me seriously. So it's like, cool that, um, you know, that happened for you in that way. But I feel like I've also had quite the plateau in growth like over the past year like 2021 like 2020 I don't know it was easier to grow at the time and then 2021 just like just kind of killed me a little bit um yeah but I feel like I also kind of lost the passion a little bit and was kind of focused on like numbers and like trying to go up there and like obviously to an extent you have to be because it's a business and you, you need to be growing but also it's like at what point did you lose that like spark of actual like oh this is actually what I like to do and it's kind of hard to balance that because like making your hobby your job is not always the greatest thing like it's great it's like good and bad it's like good that you're doing something you love for a living but at the same time it's like you're doing it for a living now so you can't necessarily enjoy it the way you used to so yeah balancing that is difficult that's something that I feel like I'm also working on but I also feel like I'm at a point right now where I'm like good with it like I'm like working on the next collection like you know I'm just like creating new things right now so I feel like I'm good with it mm-hmm. um which we'll I'm see so that release I am so stoked thank you thank you I am too um but yeah I feel like you know it comes in waves but mm-hmm. yeah it definitely is difficult to to balance that whole like you know doing it because you find joy in it but also you kind of need money right. and you made this business right Exactly. Yeah. And I think one of the things that kind of has helped me is honestly, one, having conversations like this, where it's like, yes. okay, you relate. This isn't just me. Yes. Um, and also just finding like, like I watch a lot of like motivational YouTube videos type energy Yeah. or like try to do a lot of reading, you know, to, you mm-hmm. know, get, me, get me up there and feeling it. Um, and there was actually this one thing, I think from Atomic Habits, where it like about 1% rule or something like that. And I feel like when it talked about growth, uh, more specifically in terms of a lot of us expect our growth to be like this linear, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we're steadily growing, steadily growing. And if we mm-hmm. don't see that growth, like when doing something wrong, when right. a lot of the time it's actually quite exponential in terms of we don't see nothing for a minute. We don't see nothing for a minute. But then there's a point 
somewhere. I don't yeah. know where, <laughs> where boom, finally we see the returns of all of the time that we've invested. And so yes. right now I realize I'm here, you know, I'm here, yeah. I'm here, but you know what? I'm going to get hit eventually. Um, yeah. and so kind of been the train I'm riding, like, just keep going, keep going. Like if you believe in yourself, like I'm very much of the mindset of if you believe in yourself and you keep going, mm-hmm. you can make happen like that's yes like I just try to ingrain that in myself no I I'm the same way and I I do strongly believe that I feel like you have to like manifest it for yourself like if you don't believe it no one's gonna believe it so you gotta Mm -hmm. even if you're like you know fake it till you make it kind of deal like even if you don't really believe it like still tell yourself (laughs) that you believe it and eventually it'll happen (laughs) yeah no I think that's so so true but I'm also like so impressed that you balance all this like while at school like literally how (laughs) like what how do you how do you balance things so the answer to that question is that I don't I really (laughs) balance things um I will say like the pandemic has made it easier so like okay fair one like school was online so I was just makes sense you know um but now that we're kind of back in person it's become even more impossible especially because it's my last year Mm -hmm. I am Still trying to find a job after I graduate and then also working on my thesis um and then also be studying abroad next quarter and so it's a lot of things that's exciting I know, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. <laughs> um but there's a lot of things happening and so for me I realized like especially in the beginning and still now like I, I had no social life because if I'm in school and mm-hmm. I'm also trying to do this business full-time that leaves absolutely no time to see people. Yep. Um, and so one of the things I've really been trying to ingrain myself is honestly just building systems and schedules to make things easier for myself. Like I'll have set days where I literally do nothing. I'm like, Dinah, you can't do schoolwork or crochet on Saturdays. You got to find somebody to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or like Mondays are my extreme like schoolwork days. I'm like, Dinah, you can't crochet don't do it um and on Fridays are my like Dinah you better not do work just crochet um and so I feel like having systems like that has really helped me um but it's also very difficult because I feel like one thing that people don't realize when it comes to doing a handmade business like handmade businesses are a lot different from mm-hmm. going to vendor and buying things um in supply because not only are you making the stuff not only are you designing the stuff Mm-hmm. But also, like you said, there's this element of marketing. So having to be active on social media, which that is people's full-time job. Literally, that's what I always tell like, people. That is a full-time job. Exactly. And like mm-hmm. when you are the owner of a small um, business, you're not only a designer, but you know, you're an entrepreneur as well. And those hats that you're wearing, it's, it's a lot. It truly is. It truly mm-hmm. is. Um but also I feel like one thing that I tell myself is I also try to give myself grace. And yes. so um, right now, like I'm packing up a couple orders uh, to finish off and then I'm taking a break for like months, honestly. As um, you should. You know, <laughs> I want to enjoy my senior year. Yes. You know yes. I'm like, obviously I'll still post on the gram, but in terms of orders, I just want to. Yeah you know, relax. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I think something that people like, you know, don't realize is the fact that we don't have social lives if we're like focusing on a business. Like I literally 
do not see people, which is so bad. Mm-hmm. But like, that is such a necessity in like human life is to have community yeah. and to be around people. And like, people don't realize that sometimes there isn't time for that. So like, I, it's good to take those breaks and good that you like schedule that in for yourself. Mm. I'm kind of bad about that and I need to be better about it, but we all do. we're working we all do. on it, you know, exactly. We're working on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. I don't know about you guys, but my skin gets so dry out here in the Midwest winter. For real though, the cold here is no joke. Luckily, we've got way to keep us hydrated. Turn your shower into a self-care moment with the gentle skin softening Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. It balances your skin without stripping it or leaving unwanted residue while gently cleansing and nourishing at the same time with a luxurious lather. It has skin softening oils in a hydrating blend with high quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil and rosehip oil. And post-shower, keep your skin feeling satin smooth with Way Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast-absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most with hydration that lasts and prevents dryness. It's made with high-quality nourishing ingredients like squalane, coconut oil, kupuwasu butter, and coconut oil. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser, your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most service, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to like completely switch topics here, but um, you met Michelle Obama and I we need to talk <laughs> about that. Like we just need to talk about that. Um, so give us a yeah. rundown. Like literally, how did that happen? Like I was so shook when I saw that on your Instagram. I was like, oh my God, what the heck? Yeah, so it actually was so crazy. So essentially the event was it was essentially partnering with like schools. So I think um her book Becoming has like different partner schools that literally just buy chunks of the books and store it at their universities. Um, And so my university had sent out an email and they were saying, oh, Michelle Obama is having an event um, and it's it's being live streamed. I'm like, I don't care. Like I can just watch her on YouTube. But I scrolled down and I saw, oh, they're trying to find a student to represent the university at the event. So, you know, I clicked on it and applied. As you should. yeah, and I applied, you know, not really expecting much. I didn't put it away, forgot about it. Um, and so when I was finally chosen, obviously I was ecstatic, jumping for joy. 
Um, and essentially we got flown out to DC. The whole uh, conversation was live streamed to our schools, but then later broadcasted um, on BET. And I was like, obviously I wore some T-Core Couture. As you, you got should. To represent the brand. Yeah. All- and it was just an amazing experience. And I feel like that, so that actually happened in November. I met her in November. Okay. Um, but it didn't come out until recently in January. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like November for me, having that experience was a complete shift for me. Because one thing I always tell my friends, I always tell my mom, told my friends, like, I am going to meet these people. Like, I, I'm going to have a conversation with Michelle Obama. I would just say it, right? I didn't know right. how I was going to get that. Or I'd be like, you know, I'm going to get invited to the BET Awards. I'm starting this business so I can get invited to the BET Awards and then meet celebrities who are going to wear my stuff. Like, this yes. was thing. So obviously, nobody would believe me, but I believed it. You know, That's all that matters. Um, and I, I didn't know how it was going to happen. And so being in that space really affirmed, like, this this manifestation power mm-hmm. of just speaking things into existence. Because um, also at the event... Um, Yara Shahidi was also at the event. And for me, that was really important because literally a year ago, I had applied to this com- uh, this competition, this fashion competition with this TV show, Grownish. And essentially it was, uh, you apply, then whoever won got to meet the cast and would get $10,000. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. So I applied, got disqualified because your girl does not know how to read the rules. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so in that moment, I was so, like, heartbroken. I was like, what? Like, she doesn't even get to see my stuff. Like, I just wanted her to see my stuff. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of hers forever. And then it really is one of those moments that are full circle where she got to not only see a picture of my stuff, but she got to see it in person. She's even better. Yeah. I know right and so really from the everything happens for a reason and even when I meet those points where I'm at those lows where it feels like it's not worth it or it feels like I'll never get the thing that I've really wanted or been craving there's always like the it's always in the works that's one thing that I Mm -hmm. really didn't realize like all those moments where I got no's or where you know things fell out of place were those same moments where something was already bubbling in the future that was going to be better for me and yes. so I feel like that moment really reaffirmed it for me. Like I can, I can say that for the rest of my life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it also reaffirmed that I don't want that to be my moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's a cool moment that I will always remember and I will always be grateful for, but that is just the beginning. That is just the starting point. And so I've been mm-hmm. just using that to fuel me so I can get it again. Cause it was such yeah. a thing, you know? That is so cool. Just to say that, like, you know, Michelle Bond was literally like seeing your clothing in person. Right. Like that's just such a cool thing to get to mm-hmm. a space where like, you know, certain people can actually like see your clothes and like yeah. just experience it. And like, what if they like it and then exactly. they want to buy it? Like you just never know who you're going to run into, who's going to see your pieces. Like it's so cool. Like I, mm-hmm. I totally believe in manifestation. You a hundred percent manifested that, but mm-hmm. definitely only the beginning. Like, that is like the greatest beginning ever. First, of all. I know, <laughs> but like, no, that just means there's like so much more to come. Like, I think you definitely have like such a great purpose with your brand. Is what it sounds like from all of these like little things that have been like happening along the way, which I think is so cool. Did you like 
envision that when you kind of first started like having more of like a greater purpose with all of this or was it just like oh I'm making cute stuff whatever in the beginning in the beginning for sure it was about making cute stuff right but I feel like one one cool thing is like when I started like I learned a lot more like even from your brand learning more about sustainability and the mm-hmm. impact that like you said it literally fashion literally touches everything without us even yeah. realizing and so like on the point of like my sociology topic, like for example, um, because I started the pandemic, that was also when like, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Was yeah. And so it's crazy to think about the ways in which fashion can have the ability to impact movement movements. Like for example, when you think about the Black Panther Party, the first thing I think about is what they were wearing and that's how they were mm-hmm. able to symbolize, you know, who they were. And um it's just something about it that's so cool and um especially with TikTok being able to look at all these different people and to learn all of these different things I feel like it has just been really inspiring and it taught me that you know you don't have to go into politics to create social movements or to create change Mm -hmm. you know building a brand is just as much capable of doing that and it's something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to like everybody wears clothes you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying exactly like, um and like and if you're able to you're able to use clothes to accentuate certain things that you want to tell the world um and so it has definitely become about that and I feel like once I figured out that it was about that mm-hmm. it became more fun um and it it's easy to remember more so what my purpose is and what what so my why is that I can keep going even Mm -hmm. when I hit like those low moments I'm like girl remember why you're doing this yeah no I love that I think that that time period for me also changed how I view fashion in so many different ways even like with sustainability and stuff like I was kind of into it but I wasn't so hardcore into it but like the pandemic kind of opened that And even like getting inspiration from different types of designers. Like I feel like during that like 2020 summer is when I started like realizing there's so many incredible brands out there and like smaller businesses that are like owned by people of color that I, why haven't I been following those? Like literally why have those not ever been like promoted to me or like shown up on my page? And now I'm like so much more conscious of like, if I see them popping up on my like TikTok page, I'm like instant like instant exactly. follow, like trying to really exactly. push that because it really is an unfair system that we live in of like even mm-hmm. just like the algorithm does not yeah. push things as it should sometimes. Right. And it gets so frustrating. Like I get frustrated because I see so many like incredibly talented people and I'm like, where is their hype? And then exactly. these other people do absolutely nothing, do the bare minimum. And mm-hmm. they get all this hype. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? Like, there is something What's wrong. going here. on? Literally. Exactly. Yeah. So it definitely shifted my perspective a lot during that time, too. And I'm, like, doing my best to try to, like, you know, mm-hmm. raise those voices as much as I can. Um, even just, like, with having a podcast, it's been super fun mm-hmm. to just be able to have conversations with, like, everybody that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and hopefully, like, that brings some sort of awareness because the fashion industry is just like so far behind on so many things like that which is really not the greatest thing like I mm-hmm. think we're we're moving you know we're getting there but it's like very slow slowly progressing mm-hmm. which is unfortunate but here we are <laughs> here we are but you know like you said there has been 
there has been a lot of movement, a lot of change. Yeah. Like, I know, um, what was it, like, British Vogue, they came out with a cover, and it was yes. just Africans all over the page. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, but the thing that got it there was, you know, those smaller designers that were like, mm-hmm. look, listen, this is what we got to be doing. And I think, like you said, like, those voices, having those voices, promoting those voices, it's so powerful and so important. And mm-hmm. I like that's one of the reasons I love you honestly <laughs> thank you because you do that because you bring those voices to the forefront and allow small businesses to tell their own stories mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just so cool I think that's such an important and crucial miss- uh, mission yeah no I think for me I've always been in kind of like a weird space where I'm like obviously like I'm white but I am Hispanic and like I'm not American like I wasn't like born here my culture is not American like my household we spoke Spanish we do all of our Hispanic traditions so I've always felt in this weird in between where like people see me and they just assume that I'm like like American white (laughs) but I'm not and I have this extra culture so I've always like just felt the need to be the voice for the other cultures and kind of like bring that because I'm like I get it even though you might not think of that when you first see me, like, I get it. Like, I also mm-hmm. have my own culture and backgrounds. Like, I've, I haven't personally dealt with any sort of racism because, again, I'd like, I don't have an accent when I speak. Like, I am white, but, like, my parents have accents. My family does. Like, I have seen it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, like, I don't know. I'm, like, extra protective of people that I can see that might have any sort of, like, things mm-hmm. come their way in that sense I don't know I just like I'm like we need to all be nice like, it's not that yeah. hard and you know what it's so cool because it's like like literally I feel like that's one of the reasons that I really love going to the university I go to because mm-hmm. I've interacted with such a diverse set of people like literally mm-hmm. everybody everybody goes here like in terms of wherever they come from yeah um, and it's been so cool because it's like I realized that people that even live in complete different parts of the world, there is still so much that we have in common. There is still Mm -hmm. so much that we can connect and talk about. Um, And I feel like that's one thing even that's cool with social media, the fact that I'm able to interact and talk to people I would have never been able to do before. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really opened my eyes. Yeah, I just think that's so cool. And I think that's so awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's so cool. I think at the end of the day, we're all more similar than we are different. And we don't Mm -hmm tend to see that but I'm like at the end of the day we're all humans like we we have the same kind of emotions like we deal mm-hmm. with things in a very similar way we just have different experiences mm-hmm. but like it's not that hard to empathize with people and to exactly. just meet them where they're at like exactly there was actually this one thing um my English teacher told me mm-hmm. um and that was when I was trying to write like my personal statement to all of the colleges uh back in high school and she says like what is the one thing that you know we all have in common. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and she responded, conflict, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. Like, who says that, right? Yeah. But so in a way it's true. Like at the end of the day, though there are though there are different challenges, we all face challenges. We've all mm-hmm. faced hardship. We all know what it feels like to be in a bad place at one point in our lives. Yes. And so for me, one thing that I've always ingrained in my in my mindset is like everybody is the main character in their own story. Everybody mm-hmm. has like you know their own storyline, has their own set of experiences, um, 
And that has really taught me to, I guess, be a little bit more forgiving when I talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there have definitely been situations where I've interacted with people. I'm like, hello, like, what is wrong with you? But then I realize, you know what? They're going through something I have no idea about. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So um, I feel like it's kind of just taught me and ingrained me with just being as kind as I can to literally anybody and everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's, you know, it's made me go through the world a lot easier. And I feel like yes. that's also another reason why, um, like, uh, a lot of my collections is like, I, I'm very colorful. Like I use a lot of bright, right. Colors. That's all I want to do. I just want to brighten up people's day, <laughs> put a smile on their face. Yes. Um, and I think it's so cool that fashion can do that too. Like, exactly. I, I like the more I look into it and the more I study it, there's literally nothing fashion can't do. It's like, you can put something on and it can change your mood. It can change yes. the, mood the people around you. Uh, it's just so cool. Like, honestly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's so cool. And I think your pieces definitely speak in that way because it definitely like brought me into it. I clicked on your account and I was like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, like I'm not somebody who wears a lot of bright and fun colors, but I love seeing it on other people. Mm-hmm. Like I don't personally wear it, but like anytime I see it on any brand ever, I'm like, oh, I love that. Like there's something just right. so happy about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because it literally is just a piece of clothing, but like for whatever reason, it does like give off those emotions and those feelings and like even wearing it does a hundred percent change your mood. Like I'm like, I spend majority of the day in sweats all the time, which like is fine. Yeah. I'm comfy. Yeah. It's great. But then it's like the days I do actually get dressed. I'm like, okay, like yeah. we're feeling good today. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it does really, it's crazy how much it can really affect so many things. Like fashion is literally everything. That is the moral of the Honestly. story. <laughs> And I think that's one thing that I have, because another important part of having a business is also having a brand, a brand voice and trying yes. to convince people, like, why should I pay that much for that? Yes, you know yes, yes, yes. Um, and I think, like, you know, I just try to tell people, like, clothing is like, it's a superpower. Like, one of my catchphrases is, like, because I crochet, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, my crochet hook is like my magic wand. Um, and obviously it doesn't work that way. Like I can't, <laughs> I wish it. it takes many, many hours. Right. Um, and I feel like, um, that's one of my questions too. Like for you, mm-hmm. how, like, how do you think that you've been able to convince people over the years, you know, that your product is valuable that, you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I value this and I want you to be able to value this too. Cause I feel like that's honestly the most important, important part of yeah. You followers to you know actual customers yeah I think that's something that I've struggled with so much just in the like couple of years of doing business it's something I'm like really trying to solidify a lot more this year but um I think we've all just like we're so used to the fast fashion mindset of things are so cheap but it's Mm. like nobody's actually putting in the thought of like actually how many hours does it take to make that And like, as soon as you realize that it's like, okay, it makes sense why it's that much, but it's like, unless people see that, then they won't understand it. So I think for me, like being able to show my entire process, like, especially like on YouTube and showing Mm -hmm. like me crying over, like spending three (laughs) hours on something or whatever, which is like dumb. Um, But it's just like showing like, oh, it actually takes so long to make these pieces. And that's why they are priced the way they are, I think is so Mm -hmm. helpful because if you just like 
put like $200 on a dress, but you don't, you're not explaining like mm-hmm. why it's $200. Like nobody's going to spend $200. Like I wouldn't spend right. $200 if I didn't know anything about it. But right. like, if you tell people like it's handmade, literally like watch me make this. Mm-hmm. And then like also, you know, using good fabrics and like, it might be one of a kind because I have limited supply of fabric or whatever, mm-hmm. like little things like that, I think help. But at the end of the day, like it's still hard because mm-hmm. I think my, my core group of followers, like get it, but mm-hmm. there's always going to be like the new people you're trying to attract or whatever that come across your page, like really quickly. And then they'll be mm-hmm. like, well, why are your prices so high? And like, right. you know, start right. giving you that. And it's like, no matter how much you explain it, they'll still be like, well, I can't afford it. I'm like, I never said you had to. Mm-hmm. I'm just explaining why it is mm-hmm. that price. I mm-hmm. never said it was affordable because <laughs> I understand it's not affordable. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's such a hard conversation. And I think it's just like, I think like society as a whole just has to shift their mindset on mm-hmm. the way things are made and priced. Because I think that a lot of people forget that like, anything that's clothing, whether it's like sewing, crochet, knitted, whatever is done by hand. Well, except Mm -hmm. for knitting, there are knitting machines nowadays, Mm -hmm. but unless it's 3d printed, like somebody is doing it by hand. Right. Like, I think it's like the only place where technology hasn't taken over fully and people are still making stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't think people realize that. I think everybody thinks that machines are making things. I'm like, no, like we are machines. exactly literally and honestly I think that's like I feel like that's another reason I fell in love with fashion right because mm-hmm. it's like we really are living in a society that's being taken over by technology literally and you know I feel like it's just like art in general like the the ability to make something by hand um mm-hmm. and to put it onto this world I feel like I don't know that's just so valuable it is it really and is never gets lost I know I always think about that. I'm like, is the future going to take over and then people are going to like not sew anymore and like lose the art of like physically making something? Mm -hmm. Because even like the art world is not like so digital now, which is like really cool. And like digital Mm -hmm. artists are insanely talented. But it's like we've lost that like part of like actually painting sometimes. I'm like, I don't want to lose that with fashion. Exactly. Exactly. But you know what? We're going to we're going to keep doing it and hope for the best exactly you know I mean they haven't come up with the machines yet you know what I'm saying True. we got some years Hopefully yeah we've got time um yeah because I feel like exactly to the point of what you said in terms of people not necessarily realizing um mm-hmm. like the amount of time and effort that goes into it mm-hmm. I feel like your platform once again is breaking barriers by showcasing what actually goes behind the scenes right when it- these handmade small businesses because like we were saying earlier it's a truly a lot of work there's so many hats that you're wearing and you're doing mm-hmm. it uh, for the most part on your own yeah um, so I know for me like one thing that I've really been trying to do as really recently is like trying to get help and for me I've been mm-hmm. like very fortunate in terms of like I'll have some friends or some family none of them know how to crochet which is so unfortunate no, I feel um, that <laughs> but you know you know they help me pack all this sometimes right or, you know they help me deliver things to the post office yes or even you know, something as simple as just sharing um, my work on their own. Yes. So I feel like stuff like that, like it's, it may seem small, but it means so much. It really does. We're in this stage of building. Yeah. Um, to have support, to have people who are willing uh, to just motivate you, like getting messages that are like, hey, I just want to say like, I love your work. You really inspire me. Yeah. 
you just motivated me to finish this outfit. Uh, literally. Like, honestly. Um, and so I feel like that is really key. And I feel like another big thing I've been about is just surrounding myself with people who get it, who mm-hmm. um, are, who want me to succeed as much as I want to succeed. Yes. Um, people who people who are excited to kind of be part of that journey and to witness that journey mm-hmm. uh, because it's happening, you know, yeah. like the adventure has already started mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully it never ends. I hope not, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's so true. I think finding people that can help you be motivated is so important because like when you start a business, not all of your friends are going to be on board with it. Like you, you'll realize who are your real friends and who aren't and who actually wants to see you succeed and who actually doesn't want to see you succeed. But like, once you have that core group of friends and family that like help you out and like do whatever they can, even if they can't physically help you make your product, which like, I feel you on that. I am, yeah. will always be mad that my mom didn't learn how to sew. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> But my it's mom fine. Crochet either, even though the whole point of me learning was to teach her. Yeah. See, like, what the heck? Like, um, for what? It's fine. I love my mom, and she's done a lot of other. <laughs> she's learned how to cut things, which is wonderful. Okay. She's done other things, package things. You know, like she does her best, <laughs> uh-huh. which is very appreciated. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, finding that that group of people that can help you, and just finding community is so important. I feel like that's something I'm really trying to lean into this year is like community because it is very hard to do things by yourself and like you need people to help you out and like to be able to even just have conversations with about like where you are in business because I feel like it's easy to see people on social media and think that they're always doing great like I'm sure people see my page and they're like oh she's Mm -hmm. always thriving I'm sure she's making a bunch of money I'm like "Mm, Mm -hmm. no yeah absolutely not I was like I wish (laughs) especially when we're doing what we're doing creating clothing you know what I'm saying now that we are getting closer, not quite there yet, but closer right. to price, things the way they should be. Right. Now we got to discover the market and the audience that is willing to match yes. that. Yeah. I feel like that's like my weird transition phase that I'm in right now is like yeah. trying to transition into customers that can pay those mm-hmm. prices or are willing to like save up to pay those prices mm-hmm. because yeah, it is, it is a little rough out there, yeah. but we're doing our best. But yeah, I feel like people see that. I don't know if I sell something for like $200, like, wow, she must, she must be rich. She's selling no. $200 dress. I'm like, I sold two of those. Maybe that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't physically make that many. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's always interesting. I feel like, but I feel like showing that behind the scenes and like social media has been really good in that sense too, of like, I feel like a lot of businesses are starting to kind of show more of that stuff. So people are a little bit more aware or maybe I'm just on like small business side of things. So I see all of that. I don't know right. if the normal person sees that content right. or if it's just me, but I see it, you know, right. it's, fine. Exactly. it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. And I think honestly, what you were saying about making something and like the, the value of that and mm-hmm. people seeing that, I think um, one thing, I'm sorry, people thinking that you're making a lot of money in the beginning, yes. but yes. like, that's also the same things that I've been receiving. Mm-hmm. And in terms of when it's just one person making all of this stuff, the fact that you really can't make a lot. So it's like, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of people will be like, oh my goodness, you'd be selling out so quickly. I'm like, that's because I only have two products listed. Literally me. <laughs> that's all I can make. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so like, I feel like that's another challenge, right? It's like being a handmade business, we also spend so much time creating the thing it's mm-hmm. like 
how can I have the time to think about like what can I do to scale Exactly. What can I do to scale and actually grow the business to the point where, you know, I can be hands off a little, you know what I'm saying? Because, yep. I, I mean, that's the, like, yes, I love mm-hmm. to crochet. I love it. Right. But I also want to live my life. No, me too. I'm the same way. I'm like, I love sewing, but I, I don't want to be the one making everything forever. Like, exactly. I need to, exactly. I need a life as well outside of this. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like one of the things that I, try to tell people who come to me asking for advice on like oh how did you start your business yada yada mm-hmm. yada it's about telling them like you know it, the beginning stage is long you yeah. know like even even for us like I know that you've been at your business for a little, what, a little bit over a year at this point yeah I it'll be two years this summer so like a year and a half ish but I mm-hmm. feel like I'm still in the beginning stages still like, I still, still feel like that exactly yeah. because there's still so much that with there's still so much that we're learning mm-hmm. um, and on the question of trying to get it to the point where we don't need to be the ones in it a hundred percent of the time. Um, and that's like one of the things I try to tell people is like, you have, you have to be patient in yourself. Mm-hmm. You really do. And more than that, you have to believe in yourself yes. you have to believe that is possible as long as you don't give up on yourself. If you, Cause if you, what's that saying like quit is never win but win is never quit yes oh that's so good right yeah but it's so true I feel like a lot of people get discouraged nowadays if like after a year things aren't like growing or whatever but it's like pre-social media we didn't have like a concept of how long it should take to have a business but so many people blow up in like a month and everybody Mm -hmm. thinks that you're supposed to be successful that quickly I'm like realistically people used to you know start businesses in their 20s and maybe they'd start doing good in their 30s like this Mm -hmm. whole being successful in your 20s is like a very new thing nowadays like most people didn't used to do that and I feel myself like putting on that pressure of like I'm getting older I need to be successful Mm -hmm. like I need to be a millionaire by 30 I'm like right who the heck is a millionaire by 30 like that is exactly why why do I think that should be normal like what and honestly like just because we were talking about her earlier, let's look at Michelle Obama. Right. Michelle Obama was not popping, popping until well later on in her exactly. life. Exactly. And like, I feel like I look at so many people that I look up to and I'm like, whoa, you know what? They took their time getting here. You exactly. know what I'm saying? And it's, it's more than possible. We're more than capable. And so I feel like that's another reason why I've been trying to, you know, make more time to, to be social mm-hmm. because at the end of the yeah. day, like, I have the rest of my life to get to the point of being a millionaire you know what I'm saying yes. but you know I'm only in college once granted the pandemic exactly some of those things up but you know what I'm still <laughs> it's I'm fine still trying to feel that you know mm-hmm. as much as possible um mm-hmm. and you know like I want to enjoy life while I'm living it yes um you know I I, I watch Emily in Paris I know a lot of people have some things to say about the show but I watch I- it too it's okay <laughs> Um, and like there was one good quote that he said in there. He was saying like, you know, American people live to work, mm-hmm. but the French people work to live. And I was yes, like, it's so true. That's so powerful. Yeah, that is so powerful. I want to live. You know, yeah. what I'm saying that's that's the only reason I do any of this stuff. I want to live. And so I feel like it's very important to find that balance. I haven't found it yet, but I'm me neither. I'm it's okay. Yeah. No, I I live by that quote too, or I try to live by that because Mm -hmm. like I have family in Europe. Like I see that they are so much more relaxed. They live life more simply. Like they're not as stressed about work. They don't work on weekends like I do. Like 
right. they're just so much more chill about it. And I'm like, why, why can't it be like that here? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we so work focused? It's mm-hmm. like the type where it's like my lunch break, it's like 30 minutes. Whereas over there, it's like two hours. Cause right. it should be like a communal meal, like a good time, mm-hmm. but no, here it's like quickly your lunch, get back to work. Like that's so right. toxic. Oh. Honestly, I hate that. Toxic, and I feel like another good thing that I try to think about is I want to get to the point where I do have people helping me, and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about what work environment do I want them to live in? Yes, like how am I ethical if I'm not even being ethical to myself? I call literally business. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I'm really trying to get in the practice of treating myself better. So when I get to that point of that growth, you know, I can make sure that I'm treating the people. Mm-hmm. who I'm grateful who decided they're working for me you know right. what I'm, saying? I'm treating them well as well and so building those practices of being kind to myself of paying myself what I'm actually worth mm-hmm. is crucial it is so important yes that's such a good point because that's something like a realization I had like late last year I was like I cannot call myself ethical if I'm not even paying myself enough mm-hmm. like I'm like yeah garment workers rights and then I'm over here like undercharging and like working like ridiculous hours a week and not making as much as I should I'm like that's not adding up like the math is not adding up here yeah you got to be good to yourself too like that's that's ethical too like that's part of it Mm -hmm. it's not just like other people like you matter too Mm -hmm. exactly and practice makes better that's one thing I always say Mm -hmm. like beginning stages I felt so uncomfortable charging people period oh me Uh, too but you know what the more you practice you know, the more like it, it starts to feel a little less bad, the more it's mm-hmm. like, okay, there are re- I'm not doing this to be malice or, you know, absurd. I'm doing this because that's how it needs to be, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and I'm doing this because one, I got to secure my own livelihood, but two, because yeah. this is something I'm passionate about. It's something I spent a lot of time on and it's something that I want to grow. Right. Um, that it, it's not selfish to think that way. It's not selfish mm-hmm. to do what you got to do to get yourself and your business to the point of where you want it to be. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so I've just been trying to practice, trying to practice, you know, treating this like a legitimate business. Yes. Uh, and it is, it is a legitimate business. Yeah, exactly. Know? And so, yeah, like that's the only way to get better at it is to keep doing it. I'll yeah. say, oh, gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. I, love that I feel like we have had such a great conversation I would love to have you back sometime also you're like so close to me we could actually meet up honestly like I'm literally a three-hour drive from Chicago like I'm very close let let's let's honestly plan and do something for real like once winter is over I will gladly drive up there but Uh in the winter I will not drive up there yeah no absolutely not don't even go outside no like I'm not even lying (laughs) I don't blame you Chicago is like the worst in the winter but as soon as spring rolls around if it ever decides to roll around um I will gladly go up that would be so fun (laughs) yes let's do it for real oh my gosh yes so okay shout yourself out where can people find you shameless self promo wow that was a tongue twister y'all can find me on Instagram and TikTok at tkocouture t-k-o-r-c-o-u-t you all e um and y'all will also find me on youtube um my name is dina tcor claudie I'll, I'll, I'll send that to you so, oh, yeah, yeah i'll link it down below don't worry yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it but those are the major platforms that y'all can find me on right now 
Perfect. Well, I hope you all go find her because literally obsessed. You're also like the first crochet person I've had on here. So it's like super exciting. I've like always wanted to learn how to do that. And I never have. Maybe one day when I have Maybe the time. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it just intrigues me so much. I'm like, how does that work? I don't know. So freaking cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, go check her out. Um, follow, do all the things. And we will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.